Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast and being a part of our church family here at New Hope. Our senior pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly, is currently leading us through the entire Bible in a series called The Story. Now here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. So welcome to uh, this undisclosed place where I'm hanging out with some awesome men, some incredible dads in the life of New Hope Church. And uh, again, happy Father's Day. And I have handpicked some of the dads in our church that I deeply respect the most. Um, Men of God, husbands, dads that as I thought about me being in Charleston this weekend um, and shooting a video that would encourage and inspire and celebrate dads, these are the men that I chose. So guys, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your witness. Thank you for um, just being a great dad. We surveyed some dads in our church and asked, what are some of the most probing, um, interesting questions that you would like to get answered from some dads in our church? And so I've gathered these questions and I don't know if we'll get through all of them today, but we're gonna just try to discuss them and we're just gonna sit around and talk about it and let our congregation uh, be encouraged, be challenged, be inspired to be better dads. Here's one that I was thinking about and uh, one of the people that I asked uh, asked this same question. Uh, what inspires you as a dad? You know, Benji, for me, I think the thing that I um, get more fuel from in being a dad is just spending time with, mm. with my family. Yeah. And that may sound just a little bit trite, but you know, my, my, uh, my job in life is, is pretty hectic. And, and you when travel I, a lot. Yeah, and I do. And, and, and when I can just shut it down yeah. and just, you know, anything from going to grab an ice cream cone mm-hmm. at night to taking a, a weekend trip to get away, just have the tight-knit closeness uh, with my family, my kids, and my wife. Yeah. I hear dads sometimes say, well, I go, for, I go for quality over quantity. I just want quality. I might not be with my kids much, but quality over quantity. And that is the biggest bunch of crock I've ever heard in my life. I've never heard children say they want quality over quantity. Children just want your time. I think, I think the quality over quantity actually becomes a big excuse for some people. Yeah. And so I'm with you. I just want time with them. Yeah. Good time, bad time. Yeah. Stressful time, fun time, what, just time. Yeah, you know, I find that the quality can't be predefined. Yeah. So it comes at the least expected moments oftentimes. And so if there's not enough quantity to allow for that quality to to happen, you miss Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Those times that you're you're sitting there and your whole family may be surrounded by you, but there's not a lot of conversation going on, but you have one of your boys or your daughter come up to you and they ask you this question that is something that's going on in their life at the particular time. And they're not asking one of their buddies or they're not asking somebody else. They're actually coming to you, asking you for your advice and your wisdom. You, you think to yourself like, wow, I, I did something right because he's coming to me, wow. you know? Yeah. It may only be five minutes or 10 minutes, but you get to unpack a part of the journey of, of life's journey with them that you get to experience that you will remember. Yeah down the road. If we delight so much in our children coming and asking us, and we delight so much in our children coming and just wanting to be with us, imagine 
how much God must delight when we do the same with him. And dude, I think you got like 14 children, right? I, got <laughs> too many. I, I lost count. <laughs> he said I lost count. <laughs> how many how many biscuit snatchers do you have now? We have eight. Eight youngins. We have seven boys, one girl, two sets of twins. Good. Ranging Lord. from 23 to 15. Yeah. 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 I, I should have I should have bought a television a long time ago. <laughs> Put it in the bedroom. <laughs> Talk about what you try to do to lead your children spiritually. I want to lead by example. Mm. We were brought up four boys by my mom back in Africa, but we didn't have a dad. It's something that always rings up behind my mind. Sometimes it shows up when I'm bringing up my kids. Am I doing the right thing? Mm. I find myself questioning myself, am I doing this the right way? How would my father have handled this man-to-man talk? Somebody to refer back to, like a mentor, like, am I doing this the right way? Yeah. Are we okay planning it this way? It's like walking blind. I cannot do much. I cannot call anybody. I didn't get a chance to have that closeness. I leaned more now towards God. Please give me guidance, patience. Mm -hmm. I'll grab my boys, my girls. We start reading either the Bible. We start praying. And eventually what I have realized, they have internalized it. I love how you said you, 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 know, you learned to lean on God. And that's biblical, right? The Bible says he's the father to the fatherless. But it still um, doesn't negate the fact that you didn't have a dad. And there's that gaping hole there. You know, we are always praying before, you know, go to bed. And they always expecting that, hey dad, you know, we wanna pray for us, you know, every night, you know. So it's uh, just just be a sample for them and just when they get old, they always remember Proverbs 22, six, I believe. That's right. Just train up your child, which way, you know, they should go. And when they get old, they never, you know, depart from it, you know. Kids especially aren't going to do necessarily what we say. They're gonna do what we do. They're gonna follow our example. It's never too early to start. Like we're kind of at that stage, Lily's a little over two and a half, so you don't know like how much is actually sinking in. But I'm blown away at the stuff that she can do, yeah. the verses she can memorize, the songs she yeah. can sing. Like I've sung Old, Old Rugged Cross to her since she was born, almost every night, because I wanted it to be a special song to her when she got older. Yeah. I didn't think she'd be able to sing the whole song by the time she was two. Mm-hmm. And you know, stuff like that, memorize the verses. She knows the Lord's Prayer now at two mm-hmm. and a half. So it's never too early to start, and I'm blown away what the little minds are absorbing. And I, and I just feel right now led to say this to any man who's out there. You're exactly right, John. It's never too early, but it's also never too late. You might be sitting there today, and you've, you've got all kinds of regret, and you might be sitting there today, and the only reason you're at a New Hope campus is because it's Father's Day and you wanted to please your wife or you wanted to please your family, you wanted to please your kids. Um, It's never too late to start today pouring into your children and trying to be the man of God that they deserve. And we all fall woefully short, every single person here, right? Uh, We all have regrets. And you might be sitting there today and you have all kinds of regrets. It's never too early, you're right, John, and it is never too late. Even if your children are grown, Mm -hmm. it's never too late 
to start building bridges and connecting and, and trying to be a godly dad. Let's talk about legacy. I, I find that legacy is a word that men just love to, to talk about. You know, almost as much as we love to talk about sex, you know what I'm saying? Um, well, to be honest with you, we probably like to do more and talk about it. Um, but <laughs> legacy, man, I think there's something deep in the psyche and the DNA of a man that wants to make a mark on this world that we live in, wants to, to leave, leave a legacy. And one of the ways in which I believe God has set this thing up for women and men to leave legacy is through children. So... Um, what comes to mind when I mention that word and, and what do you do or not do to, uh, to tap into legacy in the parenting process? Yeah, I think about my two grandfathers who were both very different men, but both men I respected a lot and both who I think did a good job of leaving a legacy. Uh, one of my grandfathers, uh, you know, very good earner, good saver, good mm -hmm. investor, and he left a substantial financial legacy when he died. And, you know, for a lot of people that seems shallow, but there's a lot of uh, verses about money in the Bible. Yes. And being a good steward of your money. Yes. And, um, you know, that's something I learned from him. It's something my mom learned from him, and it was, you know, passed on. Uh, my other grandfather, you know, he actually left in his will. He said, uh, I'm not leaving any of the kids any money because my legacy to them is learning how to stand on your own two feet and work on your own and, you know, pull yourself up by yeah. your bootstraps. Yeah. And, You're on uh, your own. You know, it was kind of, I think it was meant to be funny because there was no money to pass on. It's not like he had somebody else. He spent it all in it. And then he found a positive way to spin that bad boy. That's awesome. But see, the thing was, like, his legacy was a legacy of service. Yeah. He worked in the church doing projects and carpentry stuff until the day he died. He mm. worked himself to death, you could mm. actually make the argument. Mm. And, uh, you know, he never made a lot of money, owned a little furniture store sent four kids to college somehow. I still don't know how. Wow. Mm. And, uh, but that was his legacy, service to God for his entire life. Mm. And um, so, you know, two very different men, but, you know, a combination of those two things is the legacy that I want to leave. Wow, I mean, you think about those two things, John. A good earner, good steward, a generous person who leaves financial legacy for the kingdom and for children. But that other granddaddy stuff is really important too. You, you learn to have a good, solid work ethic, which by the way, I find is in short supply these days and our country mm -hmm. is slipping drastically as a result. Um, we're, we're, our generation or, or the generations that are especially coming up these days, they are obsessed with entitlement. Mm -hmm. And FYI, nobody owes you anything. Nobody, you're sitting there and you think somebody owes you something, here's how you get what you want in life. You roll up your sleeves and you go to work for it. And you, but you couple those two things together, and that's that's a great legacy that your grandfather's left you. I just about busted into a sermon on yeah. entitlement. <laughs> entitlement. <laughs> Let me, that means nobody owes you jack squat. You need to get off your rear end and work for it. Okay, Benji, back to five. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. We're doing a Father's Day video. From a legacy standpoint, I've thought a lot about this, just as you mentioned, like many men do, and I've tried to take it into tangible things that I want to see, that I hope to see, you know, move from my family and my relationship with my kids to their relationship with their kids and on down the line. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I started when I was, they were all very young, um, 
we gathered and prayed together at night, but we tried to do it with interesting twists. So we pray for sometimes the person on your right, the person mm -hmm. on your left, somebody that you encountered today, the person who has the closest birthday to you, uh, somebody in your school that has, you know, the same, uh, is on the same sports team. Yeah. And we do that every night. And now they're 17, 16, and 13. So it's not, you know, toddlers that are And you'll still do this and every night. And we still do this. Does anybody else here feel like such a slack father right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just got to raise my hand. I'll be like, dude, that is so godly. And the, the, I'm, I'm so proud of you. That's like incredible. It's been something that we just, if we miss it or, you know, there's a period of time where you know, maybe I'm traveling or whatever, yeah. we just long to get back. And we lay in one of the, you know, one of the floors of one of the bedrooms and we're in there for half hour or so every night. So that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, I really hope becomes a tradition. And when that happens, they think about you know, their dad. So my kids go to bed about 8.30, 9 o'clock. You think you can swing by our house? Yeah. We got five, and sometimes it's all, sometimes I'm stuffing them in the bed, man, saying, Lord Jesus, bless this young and in the name of Jesus, amen. Um, wow, that's, that's pretty good. How do you um, stay connected with your wife once you have kids? I don't know if he's talking about Spiritual connection, <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> physical so, yeah. connection, <laughs> emotional connection. I mean, the truth is kids can jack all of that up and you got to work at this one, right? This is, this is one you really got to work at. One small thing that we've discovered recently is just we don't have to have dinner as a family of four every night. So just during the last couple of months, we've decided, you know, once a week, maybe two or three times a month, we're going to put the kids to bed and we're going to have dinner, just Damn, the two of us. That's good. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're still just eating dinner at our kitchen table in our own house. But it feels like a date. Yes. Because I don't have a three-year-old on my lap. She doesn't have a baby that she's nursing while she's eating with one hand. <laughs> I mean, dinner is about our only time to talk. Mm. And, you know, it's a madhouse. Mm -hmm. And so if we can make dinner even, even once a week where it's just us, it makes a big difference. That is so good, so practical. And I think it is a date night. And I, I, date night has been really, really important for Amy Lynn and I over the years. Sometimes we've done it far better than others. But I've often said, it doesn't have to, you don't have to go to a fancy restaurant. You, you, you can go to a fancy restaurant. You can not go to a fancy restaurant. You can date in the home, light some candles, put on some Marvin Gaye, and have a date night right up in your own house. And it's a beautiful thing. That's good, that's real good. Secondly, I think it's important for couples to get away. And when I say get away, I mean, I literally mean get a babysitter and get the heck out of town. Yeah. And I am finding so many, um, I'll say helicopter parents, they just swarm over their children and they're afraid to ever leave their children. And I'm probably gonna ruffle some feathers here today. I think sometimes the best thing you can do is get a good, responsible babysitter and leave those children at home, get out of town, just the two of you, on a little weekend fling. We literally try to get away twice a year. Sometimes it's just a town nearby, but it's a restaurant and a hotel. 
Sometimes it's a state away. Sometimes it's the beach. Sometimes it's the mountains. We try to do that twice a year. And here's the other thing. Once a year, I think it's incredibly helpful for spouses, couples to get away on a marriage conference or retreat. So if you just kind of back that in, I think a, a great recipe for staying connected to your spouse, which is what this person asked about, is a date night every week, home or out, a couple times a year getting away, just the two of you, and just peel the kids off of you. They'll be, they'll be hanging on your leg, no, please don't leave, and you peel them away. We've literally been pulling out of the driveway before, and they're pulling the curtains out after you peel them off, they're inside, no, leave them. Leave them in the name of Jesus. They will be okay and go away a couple times a year, just two of you for a night. Maybe it's a night. Maybe it's a bed and breakfast. Maybe it's for a weekend. Maybe it's for a week. I promise you, if you're a parent who struggles with leaving your children, they will be okay, number one. Number two, when you get back, they will be more grateful for you. And number three, when they get older, they will remember that mom and dad made the marriage relationship a priority. Mm -hmm. So important. Mm -hmm. What happens is if you don't do that kind of stuff, you raise these kids 17, 18, 19 years and they leave. And for 17, 18, 19 years, you've been a helicopter parent and you've been totally obsessed and consumed with your child and they go off and you're stuck with your spouse and you look at each other and you don't know each other. Mm. Who are you? I, I don't even know you anymore. I don't know how to love you anymore. I don't know what's, I don't even know how you've changed in 18 years and divorces come in a rapid rate if you if you live that kind of life where you don't invest and connect with your spouse. I didn't do this. We didn't, you know, I didn't make it a priority to make mm -hmm. sure that we carved out time um, together. Yeah. Um, you know, life was busy. Kids had activities all over the place. You're exhausted when you finish the day and we didn't make it a priority for a long time but in the you know recent years we have done that and i think you, you don't have to um settle for the fact that you haven't done it in the past yeah. Yeah. this is something that you know you can start and you can yeah. uh, rejuvenate and i think mm -hmm. this is you know your point at the, at the outset never that, too late yeah it's never, never too late, late. this mm -hmm. is this is a really important mm -hmm. uh, thing to realize that it's mm -hmm. never too late never too late to Take the parenting thing seriously to raise them in the way of the Lord, leave that legacy, plant those spiritual seeds. And like you're saying, it's never too late to place the marriage on the top of the priority list and build into it. I have found that uh, in the mornings, my wife is not a morning person, but what I've realized, we can connect if I drop her to work. The kids are not there. We are just the two of us driving. She's decompressing. She's like, oof, that was hectic. Oh, yeah, it was. I'm listening to what she's talking about. Yeah, okay, so what, what are you planning for the day? We connect, we figure out, we summarize what is, will be happening later on. So she's like, oof, I feel much better already by the time she's getting to work. So I'm like, okay, you feel much better now? Yes, sir. Good. I feel nice. much better too. You're doing good. I'm doing good. Let's go. We just connected from that's the house great. to her place that's of work. Really good. That's good. Yep. And that's all she needed. That's good. Here, here's an interesting question. One of the one of the fathers asked me to bring to this group. What are any non-negotiables that you have as a dad? I know the two biggest in our house that we really set precedence on is is 
don't lie to me and being disrespectful. Mm. As soon as any of our kids get to the point where that disrespect is getting there, I mean, you got to snatch them because you let them go too long yeah. and it just, it just gets higher and higher and acclimates and it could get out of hand really quick, mm. especially towards their mom. You know, our 23, 22, and 21-year-old, they come to our house and they're visiting and they think they're kidding around with mom, but they get out of line, mm-mm. I'll, I'll still put them in their place pretty quick because they need to understand. You know, those those are the two that really that we stick to. I've said to my children so many times, I will get more angry at you, and the consequence will be greater if you lie to me than if you tell the truth about something you've done that I don't approve of. Absolutely. You see what I mean? The reason lying is so. Um, damaging and is a non-negotiable uh, for us is because it fractures the relationship so much. But the moment someone lies to us or we lie to someone, we break trust. And the moment we break trust, the relationship is hindered and fractured and hurt. You trust is something easily lost but very difficult to gain back. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. takes takes lots of time. Yeah. One other thing that I focused on, it centers around respect as well. But you know, treat each other as you know, as siblings, with love and respect. You know, one of my biggest joys today is to see how they interact with each other, mm. and they're friends. Yeah. yeah, and they really like do love each other, mm. and they rely on each other. And as a parent, that's you know, that's pure joy. Mm. That's absolute pure mm. joy when you see your kids, you know, interacting with each other with with love and with kindness. So I think. Keeping that as a non-negotiable early on mm-hmm. is kind of to your point. If you train them up in that way, right. it becomes you know, they are. second mm-hmm. nature, and that's how they, you know, that's how they continue. I'm glad you said that because as a blended family, we, you know, my wife had four, I had four. That was one of the things that we had to do from the get-go is to to make this really work. Yeah. Where, and we're very blessed to have all the kids we have and have little to no major altercations at all with our kids. I am so thankful. Whenever I hear, and we've even had this kind of riff in our own family at times where siblings say, you know, we had some conflict and we haven't talked to each other in years when they get older. Mm. That just rips me apart. Mm. Mm. I can't even imagine having a scenario Mm. where your two kids, you know, once they're grown, don't continue to communicate. I mean, much less, you know, share their lives, but even have a dialogue. So I think this is so important to set at an early stage. What are some of your greatest joys related to being a dad? Seeing my children accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and, mm. and make that, that, that leap of faith and just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making this commitment. And it's, it's so much joy involved. There's yeah. so much happiness, and your heart just kind of leaps it's yeah, it's, it is. It is. It really is. It mm. just, you know, you, it's just like this massive adrenaline rush, and all of a sudden you're just, and you're just like, yes. Yeah. You know. I kind of feel a little, feel that way when when I see our children get baptized. It just wrecks me yeah. every time. I think for me is um, seeing them grow, and they're not these little kids we once had. You sit back and have that joy and peace, like, goodness, God, thank you. Yeah. 
we molded them just the right way. They are moving and taking the right steps. You thank God. Yeah. This conversation that we're having here today is, um, well, it's amazing, and I think it's anointed of God, and I just really sense that we're not doing this alone and that, that God has been here with us, and he's pleased with you, and he's pleased with us trying to encourage all the dads that will experience this. But I want to take a break from that timeout and um, want to let you know that our productions team uh, went out and uh, spent some time with uh, your children. And um, yeah, it's amazing what they can pull off without, <laughs> without you knowing. So um, I know this, you don't know anything about what you're about to, to see, but we, we thought it'd be good for you who, again, you, you're doing a great job. Well done. And being a great dad and making it a priority. And I can only imagine that so many of you sitting there watching this today really just need to hear those words, well done. Well done, you're working hard, you're trying your best, and uh, God is pleased with you. And we, we wanted you to hear what your children would say to you today <laughs> on Father's Day. <laughs> so, here we go. Hey Dad, I love you so much. I thank you for everything you've done for me throughout my 14 years of living. I love you so much. Um, thank you for loving me. If you didn't, I wouldn't be here right now. And You're just one of the nicest people I know and you do so much for our family. And no matter how busy you are, you always make time for us. You just work so hard for us um, all the time. You sacrifice so much. And whenever you have a bad day, you never show it and are always so positive around us. I truly can't even begin to thank you enough and tell you how much I love you. You're just such a, a good influence on my life. Just an amazing role model. You've always been there for me. You always know how to make me feel better. You are the father figure that I've always needed and God has blessed me with that because every son needs his father. You put food on the table, you drive us to school every day, and you sacrifice your daily tasks to put us first. You're always there for me and you always take concern in my dreams and my goals. You're caring, you're always there for me socially, academically. You stop work to come bring me food at school. You do a lot, and I'm very thankful for that. One of my best memories of us together was when I was little. I really wanted to do a backflip off the diving board, but I was so scared. And you ended up forcing me, and I got out, and I was so proud of myself, and I would have never done it if you hadn't made me. And that memory meant so much to me. When we went to the final four together. Going on the Expedition Everest, even though I was really scared, you were still with me. I remember that time that you and mom drove me down to South Carolina after we came back from Puerto Rico for my camp because you guys didn't want me to miss it. And it just showed both of your dedication towards me. And I'm so thankful for that because I had one of the best weeks of my life. I think I was in the sixth grade. You took me to go see the sixth Harry Potter and we got ice cream afterwards. And that's something that I'd never forget. When you took me to the beach after my brain surgery, we got to go fishing and I wasn't supposed to be outside, but you got me a hat so we could. When I got baptized, me and Cameron, you were right there by our sides, ready for us to be dunked in the name of Jesus. I will never forget that. When we went to Kenya and a guy was driving the car and you sat up in the front with him and I got to sit on your lap. Every day when I was in the hospital, when I was sick, 
you would come and give me foot massages and I really appreciated that. I remember the time on Christmas when you helped me set up my Nintendo. I always have so much fun just spending time with you. You sing at the top of your lungs when we're out in public all the time and it's so funny and very embarrassing. You came out of your door like blaring like 80s music or something and you just started doing like these random 80s dances all the way across the hall and it was just it was just ridiculous and hilarious all at the same time. When we're in like a grocery store or out in public, you like to sing and dance really loud. It's just something that you know I hate, so you do it anyways. <laughs> when you're taking me to school or driving me somewhere, you point out every little thing that catches your attention. I think it's very hilarious how loud you talk. It's really cute. <laughs> but it's pretty funny. I really want to look as young as you do when I'm in my 40s, like you. <laughs> you. You are a great dad and you always entertain me, and when I grow up to be a dad, um, I want to entertain my kids too. You are always there for me. There's not enough words to explain how much you've been there for me. You've always been there for me whenever I needed somebody to help me out with the situation. I see how hard you work for us. And I really hope that when I grow up, I'm as strong and caring and loving towards my children as you are. No matter how busy you are, you always make time for us. You're the most influential person in my life. I wish I could be half the man as you when I get older, because then that means I would be an amazing father. I love when you read the Bible to me, Daddy. You're always instructing me on how to be more Christ-like and to be less self-centered. So when I grow up to be a dad, I want to be just like you. I love you, Dad, because you love me. I love you, Dad. I love you so much. I love you so much. Hey, Dad, I love you so much. Dad, little P loves you. I love you, big man. I love you this much, Daddy. Thank you so much for everything. I love you, Dad. I love you. I love you, Dad. I love you, Daddy. Love you. Peace out, Padre. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Wow. Wow, special. That's special. I can see your eyes are moistened over and you're wiping tears and what, what, is, what does that do to you guys? It just helps me to understand it all really matters. Mm. You know, everything matters. Everything. They see it. Um, and while it may seem small to you, whether I'm dancing like a fool or singing in a store or taking them on a trip or going on a date with them, you know, individually. Sometimes it feels like a sacrifice, but that's not a sacrifice. Sometimes you wonder whether it's really making a difference. Yeah. But boy, you hear those from the backflip to yeah. the Harry Potter and ice cream. If you move it up to the next level, you know, when we express our love to God mm. like that and our appreciation, what he must feel as a model, as a dad, continuing or continually looking at both relationships yeah. is really helpful. Yeah. It's really helpful and it helps you to really value mm your relationship with your Heavenly Father even more because you're living in a relationship, you know, with your children right. as their father. And, and to the extent to which we succeed and have impact as dads, as you guys obviously have all had and are having, 
great impact on your children. To the extent to which we do that, we're just reflecting the love of our God, our Father. We're mirroring that for our children. I think that's what makes parenting so fulfilling. It's cool for me to see, you know, like 10, 15 years in the future, what Lily might be like. And it's cool to see how well-spoken they are. And yeah. like you said, how much they remember things that you may not even remember. And just those little things that do make a difference. We all been, you know, chosen, you know, from God to yes. be, yes. you know, father. And uh, it's, it's a blessing. It really is. It is. Well, man, I just want to thank you today for, um, as I said earlier, just being an encouragement to me, being good dads in our church on behalf of the church, on behalf of Christ himself. Thank you. Thank you for taking it seriously. Thank you for being present dads. Thank you for being intentional dads. Thank you for being godly dads. Thank you. Seriously, thank you so much. You're busy men and you're you have lots to do and you took time out of your schedule to hang out with me today here in this cabin. So I really appreciate it. As we wrap up today at all of our campuses, we're gonna sing a song that is going to relate to every single person here. It doesn't matter if you're a dad or a mom or a young person because regardless, we are all children of God. We are all sons of God. If you're a, a male out there, you are a son of God. If you are a Christian, you are a born again child of God. If you are a female, you are a daughter of the most high God. And we are about to stand and sing one of our favorite songs these days. And it's, it's titled Sons and Daughters of God. And so we're gonna sing that. And it's all about our gratitude and our identity of being adopted. When you think about it, adopted by God through Christ Jesus. And uh, we're gonna celebrate that today and we're gonna honor our ultimate good, good father who has blessed all of us, as Ephesians says, immeasurably above and beyond all that we can hope or imagine, Ephesians 3.20 and 21. Hey, even though I'm in Charleston today, I love you. I'm praying for you. Have an incredible remainder to your Father's Day and uh, we'll be right back with the story next week. God bless. Thanks for being a part of this week's podcast. If you have any prayer requests or praises, we'd love to hear from you. Just email our pastors and staff at prayers at newhopenc.org and we would love to pray for you. If you'd like to support the ministries of New Hope, just stop by one of our campuses or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. We hope you'll join us next week for the podcast and thanks for being a part of our church family.